Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask a Coach with Ngomu. My name is Al Wynant, and I'm your host today. And today I'm super excited to be speaking with Jacqueline Delib, who, um, who is going to tell us her life story, basically. So, <laughs> Jacqueline, welcome. Welcome to Ask a Coach with Ngomu today. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. So, I'm not going to waste any time. We're just going to delve straight into it. So, tell me a little bit about... Um, your, your background and what inspired you to become a coach. Okay. Uh, so, you know, my background is, I have to say this disclaimer up front, it's so intense that I almost never know how to answer this question and, hmm. and make sure that people aren't um, freaked out or upset. So I had a very intense, challenging childhood. And what I discovered in my own healing process is that I was seeking relief. And then I found different modalities that helped me with that relief and then started to become aware that I could actually help other people mm -hmm. gain control over their emotional responses and get some relief. And in my case, I'll just say a little bit, I had a um, uh, a really volatile, um, unstable parent and what we would now call developmental trauma. And then a lot of subsequent events after that and did a ton of different alternative healing techniques and then came upon heart math, which we can talk about a little bit later, which is a, a modality that really helped pull down what I'm going to call PTSD symptoms. And then I knew that I was going to be a practitioner because I just fell in love with it. And what started to happen, which was very unusual, I had these occasional readings with intuitives and astrologers, and these strangers would tell me that I had some capacity to help facilitate healing for other people out of nowhere about seven years ago. And, um, so I started to pay attention to that and started to think about becoming a coach and creating the group workshops that I do. And the other, the other piece of it is I really didn't get to have much fun as a kid. And uh, <laughs> so I include a lot of very playful techniques. That's more in my group work than in the one-on-one -on -one coaching or in, in a coaching environment, a coaching community. But my company is the soul and science of play, where I use a lot of theater and improv and even art, the beginning of some arts techniques to sort of um, bring people back to that little kernel of creativity and innocence, because we, we want to make sure that that gets nurtured, because that's, that's a kernel for healing. I was I watched your last coaching session when in Goom where you used you know the the, the drawing you know yeah. um, as part as part of the coaching session. So as 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 you said in the session, I'm not going to show my drawing because it wasn't great, but it really <laughs> it really made it really made me think through stuff. But you just you just touched on this on heart math um, yeah. as part of your coaching. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about that. What is that um, for people who don't understand what that means? Yes. HeartMath is a kind of a hybrid modality. It's a hybrid between coaching and healing. On the surface level, you could call it a form of breathwork, but it, it, that's deceptively simple, and it's so much more than that. 
it's a series of tools. It's actually an entire emotional regulation system, a very robust evidence-based system that works with what's called heart rate variability. Heart rate variability is the algorithm between the heartbeats. When we raise heart rate variability, it has a role in reducing, pulling down cortisol levels, which I call the sneaky bastard of chronic stress. <laughs> so true. <laughs> and it, when you raise your heart rate variability, you increase your recovery process. So there are a series of tools, and like I said, an entire emotional regulation system that helps really give people a sense of agency over their ability to calm their nervous system. And when you're doing that, you're sending a flurry of 1,400 feel-good chemicals throughout your body. You're connecting more to the heart, which is the seat of intuition, aside from being a pump. And it helps access the front part of the brain, the, de the executive decision-making part of the brain by pulling those stress hormones down. So it's really um, multifaceted coaching with goals the way you would have in any kind of coaching program. But there is very much a, a strong healing component that ends up helping people really elevate their emotional intelligence, their communication skills. And then when you're in an, um, an environment with many people really affects and can uplift office culture. Hmm. It was interesting. I, there was an article. Yes. I think it was yesterday. I saw on CNN where they, they were talking about a study mm -hmm. um, on, you know, mindfulness and so, and I'm oversimplifying that sometimes, but where when you practice those kind of things, that it has as much or better effect than medicine on anxiety. So there's an interesting study that was just published um, on that. Yes, that I, that I saw yesterday. So if you want, if you want to find that, look, look on, look on CNN. If anybody's listening to that, uh, <laughs> listening to us here. So, um, so is is heart math? Is is it is it part of the mindfulness? Yeah, so the big practice thing, where does it fit? You could say that. There are aspects in HeartMath of evidence-based techniques where we're looking, where the people who created it, who are scientists and PhDs, really look at what's happening physiologically as we're pulling down those cortisol levels and, and getting better access to um, higher brain function. Mm. But there are it was also, it was co-created by a number of people, including research psychologists. So part of it includes what we would, aspects of cognitive behavioral therapy, aspects of mindfulness, in that there is very much an awareness component if you're doing the full HeartMath program, which I teach, where you really start to become aware of when you're in a depleted place or a place of renewal. So the mindfulness does come to, into play, absolutely. But awareness is, of course, just the first step. It's then very important to act on that awareness and make a new choice 
And that's a lot of what the, the, the program is about, recognizing that the sneaky bastard is draining the battery without us even realizing it, like a, like a car whose headlights are on all night in the garage. And it's just this so, slow drain of energy from these stressful emotions that, we're, that have become so normalized in this world that we don't even recognize how depleted we are. So that awareness, that mindfulness piece absolutely helps people. Oh my God, I did it again. Aha, but I have a tool that I can use to mm -hmm. calm my nervous system. So yes, it's that, that back and forth of awareness and then action. So I'm going to jump here for a second. You, you are one of our Ngomo coaches and your, your coaching community, Mastering Meaningful Life Transitions with Resilience Training and Your Soul's Wisdom. Mm. Heart Math is a big part of that. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that community and, and what people, what, what the users what in general can expect from that. Sure. Well, certainly uh, huge life transitions are a part often of many types of uh, coaching, different coaching areas and communities. When I talk about different managing, navigating different life transitions, no matter what's happening, whether it's an emergency, a career shift, grief or loss, um, something really positive like a new relationship, it could be negative or positive, one thing that all giant life challenges and transitions have in common usually is that we're on, we feel like we're on unsteady ground mm -hmm. and that's the perfect opportunity to get as grounded as possible through emotional work and through taking charge of our own responses so that we become less reactive and more responsive. Because when you're in the middle of a fog and you literally don't know what's coming next, the steadiness that we have access to is within us. It's by connecting to the heart, getting calmer, cooling down, increasing that emotional intelligence, and then making better decisions. So there are a few components to my coaching community. There's the that emotional work, that emotional regulation piece. And facing, I like to talk about facing challenges, mm -hmm. really looking at them and facing them with neutrality to de-scarify them. And, um, and then using playful techniques to manage and move through and gain awareness. And like you said, mindfulness about it. So it's, it's sort of getting people a sense of ease mm -hmm. with the discomfort of this, of the challenge. And that's, I feel like where my, my background comes in handy when you've had a lot of different types of trauma mm -hmm. or situations where the rug is being pulled out from under you and you have no control over it. I realized when I was a kid that I, I had to muscle through by myself. I was like a soldier. And um, to be able to say, to get on the other side of that, having done, I'm certainly not done with my own healing, I don't feel, but 
I've got uh, a lot of it under my belt. And I know that I could guide people through that. There's different, all kinds of metaphors we could use, you know, navigating through the fog, surfing, um, anything where you've got to steady yourself because you don't know what's happening. That's what we're doing. And to look at it so that it is not as daunting and then know that we have tools that we can use to work through these moments. So as, as you work with clients, as you work with, with the learners here, mm -hmm. as, as they come to you and they want to work through resilience and so on, yeah. what are some of the, um, what are some of the challenges you see as people start with this? Um, so the pushback, what, what does that look like? Well, if I could broaden it to in Gomu and, and elsewhere, I would say the challenges are sometimes it's a resistance to doing healing work. Is it, there's a, sometimes a resistance mm -hmm. to doing coaching work. True. I think that this modality in particular slows people down. And it's sort of the opposite of what the culture tells us we need to do, which is speed up. We're in um, uh, such a hustle culture that I think sometimes, at least in the beginning, sometimes in the beginning, it can be challenging for people to agree to slow down a little bit. Sometimes people are, I like to remind people there's nothing scary in there when you slow down and you become more aware of your connection to your soul, it's, it's only going to be a positive thing. We're just not used to it. True. So, so I think it's just a little bit of resistance is usually the thing that I come up against. And I can attest to that as I have the, the opportunity to work with many coaches here, wow. you know, the whole slowing down is it's, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Um, but it, it, it does, there was some resistance for me in the beginning as well. Yeah. So, but it's, it is it is it is a beautiful thing. So, what do you think? What do you think for you is the most challenging thing in being a coach? Mm, that's a great question. Well, this doesn't have anything to do with whether or not somebody becomes a client. This could just be an observation of a friend or somebody in my life or a potential client. I think what's challenging is <clears throat> I'm. Well, something that's good is that I'm, I'm a really good problem solver. I can see very often how to approach something or get an intuition about how to solve a problem and to know what's possible for someone in their healing. I still find it very challenging when, when people refuse the medicine. And I don't mean from me. I mean in general, where they, they're not, they're having difficulty connecting the dots to their life falling apart and the need perhaps to do inner work and to do healing work. And they want to continue to change, ex try to change external circumstances, but usually the only way those circumstances change is, is when we take some responsibility and, and shift our own habits or start doing healing work and start taking it seriously. Um, Having said that, everybody's on their own path, and we we all resonate with certain teachers and certain practitioners. We could have a lineup of five people doing the exact same coaching area, but we may only gravitate to one. 
you know, everybody has their own taste, their own frequency, uh, their own vibration to sound a little more woo-woo. And it's, it's important to honor that everybody's on their own path. And some people may need, it sounds kind of like a bummer, but they may need to experience more pain um, before they recognize that they have to do inner work. They may need to even bottom out like addicts do sometimes, you know, before they wake up to, I got to do something about this and then be willing to do it. That is so true. So you just brought something up and I hear that, <laughs> that word of those two words used regularly, but yes, you, the woo-woo part. <laughs> um, I'm a, I'm a very strong believer in soul coaching, mindfulness coaching yeah. and everything in that world. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you make people understand that are potentially, especially in the business world, mm. who you know, we get career coaching, we get life coaching, we get all, we get wellness coaching. Yeah. But then there's a, there's this part of soul coaching and mindfulness coaching. How do you make them understand that that's beneficial to them? Mm. That's such a great question. I think it really is a case by case basis, and it really depends on how open that person is. One of the reasons that I chose HeartMath as I, I use multiple modalities and HeartMath is just one of them, but one of the reasons I chose it is that it has such a strong evidence-based pedigree mm. that helps people understand if nothing else, they're gonna be pulling their sneaky bastards down and um, getting, they, because they, they'll feel it. They'll feel it in their body. They will have an immediate visceral like, oh, wow, I feel better. And I can address some of the science, like a study mm -hmm. of police officers that was done, um, a number of them in different countries, where they learned heart math, and then they went in a simulated domestic violence dispute, um, and they were able to recover and have that clear thinking that you need when you're in that kind of life or death decision making. And so there are ways to sort of use the evidence-based aspect of what I do to help people understand they'll benefit. For others, I mean, again, I think it's a case-by-case -case basis. There's no real blanket answer. Um, some people are open to that and some people are not. Another way in that I found is helpful is to talk about creativity. And because to me, creativity, the channel of creativity and art and playfulness, theater, improv, painting, drawing, it's synonymous with the soul. It's just a different word. And if people will respond better to creativity and those that the semantics, mm -hmm. then I would use that. That's, that's beautiful. The, um, as, as people come to you, you know, as, as your clients come to you, maybe we talked about it a little bit earlier here, you know, what are the things you want them to think about, you know, as you start, as they start that journey on, you know, confidence and resilience, what is really, what do they come in with? Well, I like to, I like a, actually a, a fairly traditional type of coaching approach, which is to say, you know, what to start out with, like, what kind of goal do you have? 
what were you what were you thinking of mm-hmm. wanting to accomplish within the next blankety blank amount of time and that helps them recognize that they're in an environment that they that's familiar oh okay we're going to be setting goals and it sort of satisfies the mind temporarily i can see that and what's interesting is that when they actually sit down and do the work they may meet that goal but then they realize they had a different goal like the the goal underneath the goal reveals itself further into the process um and i actually try this is in particular uh, with my one-on-one work but even in my group work i try not to get them to think about something because a lot of what i'm doing is trying to get them embodied into a new way of solving problems and more connected to their heart and their intuition so there is a you know a wonderful place obviously for for the mind but part of the big picture of the work that i do is to really reconnect or connect people with their their own soul wisdom and their heart because for balance i think we have to include the heart and the intuition and we are overthinkers and i think that part of what stops healing is being in the mind and is overthinking we know when this doesn't stop it keeps going and going and going and it spirals out of control sometimes it does so if people working with you what are you know they go through a co- to the coaching with you what are sort of the three takeaways um, they can they can they can get from working with you mhm they can get um emotional resilience emotional intelligence work and one way to define resilience is the capacity to prepare for adapt to and recover from triggers and stresses and anxiety and stress um they can so there's the emotional component there's the ability to neutralize the fears and especially in the ngomu uh coaching community neutralize fears around a big transition and to again reconnect with playfulness and the soul and to really emphasize that soul connection because that to me and i say this you know is not um a reference to religion at all but to that connection that we have that we all have i believe to the heart which is uh you know the heart actually has these neurons in it it's got like a little mini brain in it and it is a very very powerful if we allow it if we allow it to help us make our decisions and to reconnect with that uh as a way of stabilizing ourselves and becoming more balanced what's how do I phrase the question um what's what's the most important lesson you've learned for yourself from being a coach be persistent um it's i don't think it's it's earth-shattering i just think it it's um elbow grease just to be persistent um especially if there's a lot to overcome and a lot to heal from or a lot to shift 
to keep going. It's very important. We get that, or I get that as, as well. So, so um, I love this question. Um, started to use this is only the second time I'm going to ask it, but what's yeah. the one thing? What's the one thing you always want to talk about in, in an interview, but nobody's ever asked you? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. I like to present an idea, and the idea—it's a very big picture idea. So, it's. That if you want to look, this is very like zoom out, zoom all the way out into outer space, looking at the earth from up here. If you classify us into a couple of groups, and there are many, many more groups, but this for the simplicity of this example, there's terribly oversimplified, but there's the intellectuals, the intelligentsia, the scientists, the academics the knowledge-based workers of the world who do a fantastic job of instructing everyone on how things work, how to measure things, and to help us navigate through the practical realities of life. And then in, in this example, another group is the more heart-based, spiritual, uh, woo-woo, um, people who have a lot to teach us and a lot to share about the importance of the heart. And these two groups often don't always encounter each other. And I, so I feel like very often the intelligentsia, the academics, the intellectuals who do such a wonderful job of instructing us, they're often very cut off from their intuition and their heart. And the mind has gotten us into a difficult place in the world with climate topics and things that are happening politically all over the world. The mind isn't really the answer there. It can help us with certain things, but they're cut off from their empathy and their compassion a lot of times. And then what I would say on this other group, the spiritual heart-based, they could benefit from the critical thinking of this other group. So I, I, my message about that is to seek out and learn from the groups that you're not a part of to create more balance. Um, because what happens, especially in the West and especially in the U.S., are these swings from one pole to the next. Yeah. And um, the way to sort of regain some balance, I think, is for these groups to talk to each other and understand that they each have something the other one needs. That is such a great way of, of sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and so um, quick reminder that you're watching or listening to Ask a Coach with Ngomu. And my name is Al Wynant. And today I'm speaking with Jacqueline Delib. So Jacqueline, before we get into... Um, well, actually, we're going to get into the 10 questions block or rapid fire style. You ready for that? Sure. <laughs> so 10 questions we ask here as we close <laughs> our conversation. So what's the best advice you've ever received and why? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no clock ticking. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe I don't need to fit in 
maybe it's okay to stand out. Who's inspired you and why? I don't have a specific bunch of names, but uh, architects and artists whose work is really bold and playful. Nice. What's the one piece of advice you could share with our audience to uplift them? Be persistent. Oh, the other one is no matter what's going on in your life, you're never alone. You're never alone. There's always help available. And I would say on a more spiritual note, on a soul-based note, you don't have to believe this if you don't want, but I, I do think we all have guides. We have spirit guides. And the more work we do to access our intuition, the more you can access that guidance. So true. What's your favorite book or podcast and how does it inspire you? I love a children's book and I read it when I was a kid called The Secret Garden because okay. uh, it was it had a little girl as a protagonist and she was a really neglected kind of uh, unloved child who blossomed and so did her garden. So I love that message that it's possible to heal. It's lovely. What do you do to relax? I walk in parks, botanical gardens, uh, anything with nature. If you weren't a coach, what would you be doing? I'd be one of those artists. I'd be doing full-time, um, immersive multimedia work. What time of the day are you doing your best work at? Regrettably, early in the morning. <laughs> What's and what's the one thing you do every day that adds to your success? Ah, yes, a gratitude practice. And I, I've learned to, even if it's just a few items, like I try to really feel it in my cells. What technology product can't you live without? Yeah, uh, I'm really old school. I'm going to say fire. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> and then last but not least, please finish the statement. Leadership is? Leadership is compassionate, powerful, and without a gender. Thank you. That was beautiful. Um, great, great answers, actually. Hopefully they inspire people watching or listening this. So um, Jacqueline, thank you for joining me today. Um, and thank you also for watching. So um, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Sure. Um, my website, jdelieb.com, and there's uh, information on what I do there and a little contact form if you want to drop me a line. I would love to. And I have, there's also a way, if you drop me a line, I will send you a stress relief mini comic book that I created. That Anybody like who fun. wants it. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Thank you, Jacqueline, for being here today. Um, if you um, if you have any questions, feel free to put them where the video is streaming on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and we'll get back to you on that. Um, we'll see you next week with our guest, Anjanette Sullivan, and we're going to have a conversation about making good teams better. So thanks, everyone, for being here. Thank you again, Jacqueline. It was a great conversation. Thank you. And we will see you the next time. Yeah. <laughs>